0: D, D-, D-, D- Lake creates The 5K race is the most popular race on the planet. But as more and more runners do it, the 10K race starts to get on the radar. Hmm. I mean, how much harder could doing the 5K twice be? Hmm. Well, most pros' 10k pace is only a few seconds per mile slash kilometer slower than their 5k pace. So pros are basically suffering for longer. But me and most amateurs have a huge drop between our 5k and 10k times. Hmm. Upcoming, we'll be touching on the psychology of what is happening to your body in the 5K versus the 10K race. Can training for a 5K and 10K help you run a fast ultra 50K race? How your training needs change from 5K specific to 10K specific work and much more. Keep listening on to uncover the very subtle training differences between 5K and 10K races on this episode of Trees and, and delay. delay. Don't master a lot. Don't master a little. Just stay in the middle. Don't master all. Don't master friend, none. Just be, just be a master of some. Um, what is up? Welcome to Trees and D-Lake, a podcast series by Mike Trees, and yours truly, Darren D-Lake Creates. In this series, our goal is to educate and entertain
1: smart and committed runners. A bit more on that from Mike Trees. And the aim of this podcast is to give, in a light-hearted, amusing, and entertaining way, hints and tips to help you all run better and enjoy your sporting life more. So let's see how we can go with that. Mike's being pretty modest. He has over 50 years of
0: running and doing triathlons under his belt. And if you're wondering about me, I've been in the endurance sport game for about 25 years now, done a sub three hour marathon and completed an Ironman triathlon in 10 hours. We appreciate all the help and support that we can get. So if you can, please share out this episode to someone that you know that would like this. Oh, quick language warning. In some rare instances, we might use some bad words. So apologies in advance for that. The differences in training for a 5K and 10K race. This is quite an interesting one because I personally think that they are two totally different races. And some people just think you're doing the 5K twice. And, you know, it's just like, you're just doing a 5K race two times over, you know? Like, how hard is that? And, you know, that's that's another conversation for another day where it's like, how hard are you actually racing your 5K race if you can sustain that, you know, twice over and feel like it's not that hard? But we're going to clear a bit of the the gray area of all that up because I know, Mike, you always have a lot of 5K stuff out there. People always trying to learn how to run their fastest 5K. That's a big one. It's really popular. And, you know, and also see people trying to run their fastest 10K. Um, I I think I've only ran in my whole life. I've ran two 10K races (laughs) in my whole life, which is craziness. Let's get into the four parts, which will be psychology of what's happening to your body, what uh, the drive between the the difference in the pacing is especially for me maybe we can use me as a case study so why is my 5k pace so much faster than my 10k pace how to train to close the gap between that drop you know if you have it and then knowing yourself and what you like uh what you're naturally better at so you know like what do you like what you're genetically kind of more inclined to be doing and we'll get into it warm-up complete the first point, the physiology between what is actually happening to your body in the 5k race versus the 10k race. Is there a difference? I don't know. I feel like they're two totally different races. Is it all in my head? Am I just not meant to be doing the 10k? Let me know.
1: Okay, so they are different races. Uh, they're similar. So as a as a child growing up, uh, we we used to classify really... Eights, 15s, 3000s, and up to 5K, you could pretty much get away with similar sort of training. So uh, a 5K runner could also be a good 1500 meter runner, you know. But we often had the, the 10K runners who would step down from the half marathon and the marathon step down to 10K. Uh, but as, as elite athletes have got stronger, there's a lot of crossovers between the, the two. I would say at an elite level, a, a top runner could could do a really good 5K, could do a really good 10K, but they'd have to alter the training. You couldn't do a, a good 10K, a, a good half marathon, and unless you're a super special guy and expect to win a, a 5K. At uh, the same time, you you couldn't do a 1,500 and 5K well and expect to run a really good 10,000 meters. Uh, and so I, I've traditionally separated them out sort of, middle distance runners up to 5k and the long distance runners from 10k upwards however more and more as people getting into it they they're looking at it as a a transition oh park runs are becoming popular i've done a 5k i'd like to transition up to a 10k then to a half marathon and a marathon well i think what it is they've set themselves the the holy grail of running a marathon Uh, and what they're confusing themselves with is distance and pace So for me, a 5K was all about how fast I could run it, whereas a lot of new runners are just thinking, well, I've covered the distance. Surely I can do a 10K now. Surely I can get up to a a marathon. So this is where we need to classify. Are you running these races just to complete them uh, and feel the satisfaction of completing? And there's no problem with that, no harm at all. Are you seeing what's the fastest time I can do to do them? And if we look at it from the point of view of racing it to get uh, a PB, PB, as we say in Britain, the personal best, or PR, as the Americans say, personal record, you, you find that if you look at the statistics, it's it's around about 89 to ni- this is It'll vary with different people, and it varies with different researchers. But in general, I would say somewhere in the region of 89 to 93% aerobic, a 5K run, mm-hmm. which means to run a really good 5K, you need a very good aerobic system, and then top it off with uh, the anaerobic training. Well, you know that you've got a, ge- a genetic advantage on me with the anaerobic edge. You've got the fast twitch fibers there. <laughs> so I know that I'm going to lose out to you in a sprint. So you've got that. So yet yeah, you're genetically more disposed to running a better 5k than I am. At the same time, I think I'm genetically disposed to hanging in there and running a better 10k than you relatively, uh, because I've got more slow twitch fibers. But it, it's not a big difference. Again, 5k, 89 to 93% aerobic. People can argue on the exact numbers, but it's there or thereabouts. A 10k, I would say sits around 90% to 95% aerobic. So there's a bit of crossover, well, a lot of crossover. But if you're a really elite, well-trained athlete, you're going to be getting closer to your, using more aerobic energy in the 10k than you're on the 5k. At the same time, maximizing that seven percent as it were of anaerobic energy in the 5k can still lead to you know in elite guys you know an almost 50 second last lap you know i mean that's huge you know pulling out this last lap sprint can make a huge huge difference to winning and not winning a race so you need to maximize your anaerobic uh tolerance uh, in a 5k uh and, and you still need to maximize it in the 10k but not quite uh, to the same thing. But if you're an age group runner, as I call it, or a weekend warrior, and you're not interested in, in racing for a win, you just want to do the best time you can, you don't need to spend so much time maximizing that anaerobic sprint at the end. Now, you might want to do that down because you you enjoy doing it you ain't you're you're good at it you're good at the sprinter uh, and you might want to work that anaerobic training because you enjoy it more which means you are predisposed to running a better 5k uh, and then i would then argue you're probably more predisposed to running a better 1500 uh, and then down to 800 and then you have got to draw the line and say well i'm fast mike but i'm not that fast he's <laughs> 400 my best is 800 my best event uh, and anyway we're getting off track but uh yeah uh we we've got to look at what we're best at what we enjoy doing uh, uh and then work out how to train for them so essentially you can clump uh if i want to pull this all together now you can clump the 5k and the 10k together in, in a training block and train for them both together uh if that's what going to be what your goal is and, and do 5 and 10ks or you could say i'm actually going to do 1500 3000 5ks and clump those together uh, or you could say, I'm going to do 10Ks, half marathons, and marathons and clump those together. But you can't put a 1500 together with a half marathon. It's just too, too diverse. Add break. break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Energy Coaching, which is Mike Tree's coaching service. Mike and his team of coaches work with beginners to pros and all levels in between. No one is too fast and no one is too slow. They just want a desire to learn and improve. They focus on 1,500-meter races to marathon running and triathlon training. Energy coaching is constantly overbooked. So Instagram and this new podcast venture, Trees and D Lake, gives Mike and the rest of his energy coaching team a way to reach out to more people and help them. Contact Mike and his team at the letters nrg-coaching.com or go to the link in the show notes. And back to the show. That was that was great because I've actually got my partner. She uh, she actually asked a question. I said, "Do you want to ask him anything?" Because she you know she did a really good 5K time. She did a best time, and she just did her best time of 10K. And uh, I said, "Do you have a question for Mike?" Because we're talking about the 5K versus the 10K training differences. And she's, you know, she's more in the camp of, I think she can train for a 5K and then jump to a 10K the next week and do really well. Whereas I'm very, I'd am very, i have to do very specific 10K type training. So um, her question to you was, can her training for the 5K and 10K also cross over to her doing a 50K ultra marathon?
1: <laughs> let's just draw a middle line and say you know between the 5 and the 10k it's 90% aerobic and <laughs> 10% anaerobic so the the 90% aerobic training definitely can cross over to a 50k uh you know ultra race uh, because that's all about building the aerobic engine uh and then you've just got to add stamina so yes you've got to do lots of aerobic base and if if people well people who follow me a lot will know that Uh, My son and I, we develop our training plans uh, and we've we've come up with a system that works quite nicely. We have the aerobic base where we work them on developing the aerobic system and working on heart rate and not on pace. And then we have the race plans where we work on getting race pace and trying to develop uh, your your body for a, a specific race. The reason I mentioned them, it doesn't matter if you're doing a a 1500, a 5K, a 10K or a marathon. I would argue the base training is pretty much the same apart from the long run. You've just got to develop this big aerobic engine. Maybe the marathon runners and ultras will do a longer long run once a week than the shorter guys. But over a, a winter block of aerobic building, Yeah, they're all doing what I say, you know, from 1500 upwards, they're all doing pretty much the same stuff, or you should be doing pretty much the same stuff, getting a a big aerobic base in when you're training. So yes, she can train for 5k and a 10k. And so long as she's just getting a a little bit of a longer run in there, she's also covering her bases to do an ultra uh, as well. Having said that, her 5K wouldn't be the best if she's done. if she's doing some long runs, she's going to be losing uh, that top end speed off the 5K. So
0: I guess back to kind of me, because, you know, I really struggle at the 10K. And I think because I focused on the 5K over the last few years, I've become a better 5K runner doing very specific training, using a lot of my anaerobic uh, capacity or anaerobic um, genetics that, you know, allow me to to sprint and hold that sprint in a, in a decent way. You know, I am looking to step up to the 10K over the next year. What specific training would I change? So, like, honestly, most of my training is most of the same. Whereas, like you said, the base training is similar to when I'm training for a half marathon or whatever. But I get really specific about six weeks out. Um, I could do my race-specific block. And I would focus more on 1500 work three or actually sorry, it would be 3k work 5k like a 3k pace interval 5k pace interval and then a 10k pace interval what would i change then for the 10k would it be 5k 10k half marathon intervals would i still get my would i still do some of that
1: that uh that 3k faster work it depends on how much time you are how committed you are uh, and it, it 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 really is difficult so i You can get a a lot of people saying, oh, well, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. You can do this. But youngsters can get away with a lot more than older people. Uh, And if you've got a family and kids, you can not do as much. So you've got to work out what's most important. Uh, And that's the bottom line with all of this. And for you, you've got the natural speed. So you've got to focus on on the stamina. I would concentrate more on the 10K intervals uh, and maybe even a a 10-mile, like an hour tempo run once a week. So you're going over distance just to get that stamina. So you're used to that no that not know that dull ache from a long time uh, and so the 10k doesn't feel as far it's getting used to the the, the pace you go out uh, and we're going to look at this uh in a, in a future episode but what probably happens is you go out too fast as well uh which mm. is another problem we will take on later uh, and that magnifies the pain that you're going through so if i can get you for example to do Uh, Say 10k for me, I find the best training is intervals of about eight kilometers. Now, if you do 10k intervals, I tend to find that uh people get too fatigued to do their other training as well. Uh, and and we get just as good results of of going up to about 8k. So, for example, a very simple exercise is eight by one kilometers with a short rest. You've got to keep that rest short, Uh, and I mean a, a two to one interval. So I'm going to pick a good runner because it's easy for my maths. You run a, a 4K, you run a 1K in four minutes. You, you, you don't want no more than two minutes rest. Uh, uh, and then you're off again, do another K. And if possible, over time, as you get nearer the race, you, you don't pick up the pace. You shorten the rest interval because ultimately you've got to put 10 1K intervals together, but without a rest.
0: Sorry yes. to interrupt. So this is at your goal
1: 10K pace or is it at your current 10K pace? No, it, it's it's at your goal 10K pace. Okay. Uh, so if, if you're running at your current 10K pace, technically you could run 10K, at, you can put 10 of them together without resting because it's your current pace. So yeah. you need to stress the body. Now, you have a goal and what people... N- naively do they then say okay i'm doing 40 minutes at the moment i want to get to 38 they work out the maths they go out at whatever it is 350 per per k uh and and there's one of two things they do the rest too short so they can't maintain it or the rest is too long so the body doesn't adapt but Mm -hmm. uh, you need to get the body used to running at your target pace but obviously it can't go up to 10k because you're not ready for it so i find 8k is good as a distance to get us used to and adapting uh, and we start off with half rest uh, and if if you can't do 8k at your target pace, with with you know two minutes rest, it'll roughly be uh, for that sort of distance a two to one rest ratio, we say. Uh, and you you can't maintain the pace. It means it's not a realistic goal you set. The goal is is too high. If you get there too easy, and you think oh I can do another two, three, four, it's it's an unrealistic goal because it's too easy. It's uh, realistic too easy in the other end of the scale. So you it's hard, but you've got to spend a little bit of time trying to work out. What is a realistic pace? And I tend to find that when I'm working with people, I take a minute off what they're doing now for the next goal. So if you're a 41-minute 10K runner, you're a classic, yeah, I'm going to get you down to that 39:59 level, which you really want. Uh, and uh, some people can jump up. Novice runners can come up by a, a bigger margin. So if you're running, at, for example, 60 minutes for 10K, I find these guys can make bigger jumps uh, and it can probably take off two minutes. If you're a 30-minute guy uh, and I'm coaching you, we're looking at 5, 10, <laughs> 15 seconds tops. You know, the quicker you are, it's, it's incremental gains. Uh, it's it's an isotopic curve. It, it gets harder and harder to get the gains. But you've got the, – the bottom line is, uh, and to recap, you've got to work out what is a realistic goal. Uh, and go out and do 8 by 1K intervals with half-time rest. So if you're running them in four minutes, you take two minutes as you rest – and if you can maintain eight at your target pace, I reckon that you're in line to hit that pace eventually after six weeks of, of solid training, you could you should be able to maintain that by reducing the rest uh, and getting stronger. But if you can't at the start of the training block, I think it's an unrealistic goal that you set yourself. All right, well, we
0: talked about a lot and this is a quite messy topic that uh, you know we can revisit later on and get a bit more specific. I think the case studies were good because it's just like you can bounce between all the areas uh we talked about psychology sorry the physiology of what's happening to your body in the 5k or the 10k mostly what's happening in the 10k uh you know the different aerobic um the energy system aerobic versus anaerobic the drop that's there for me and how i can train to develop that uh a closer drop to where the drop in pacing is what i mean and why the 10k is so much more difficult for me uh, knowing yourself and you know what you naturally like better. So honestly, I like the 10k when I slowly g- g- like ramp into it, and you know I almost negative split it. And am I actually going my hardest? Probably not. But is it a more fun race where I ended? I'm like yeah. Versus me hitting the wall at 7 ks and being like trying to hang on, where and then it's not a fun race. So I'm not pro. I want to enjoy running and. I think Jakob uh, in- in- Ing Ingers- I can't even say his last name. Uh, the yeah. the no- Nor- Norwegian Norwegian <laughs> just guy. Just
1: the 5K World Championships. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But he I love his quote. He just um they had a a feature on him in the New York Times and you got a bit more inside of his head, but his quote was I never go more than 85- 87% in training. <laughs> and he's like he just said like he's like <laughs> It's like, he's like, why would I do any more? Like, he's like, I let it go for the races. And I'm like, damn, 87%. is such a specific, weird number. But it's like, you know, like me, I'm like, oh, don't go any higher than 90, 95%. I'm like, 87% just sounds better. So that's how I feel about races. Like, I feel like I never really want to go too hard on a race because if I go too hard, then I'm not enjoying the race. But anyway, do you want to add anything else to all this?
1: I've actually got a a very, well, I think a very good ending uh, in the sense that, what we need to look at, and I just heard this off. Uh, it was just on on uh, YouTube. Uh, Charlie Spedding was third in the Olympics for the marathon for Great Britain. Probably, I think it's the LA marathon in eighty uh, four. But, but anyway, he did an analysis of, uh, and we had a bad performance in the World Championships recently. Great Britain did in the marathon, and he did an analysis of everyone's ten k time versus their marathon time, and he found out the average or the median was two minutes thirty slower uh, than their 10k time so whatever your best time is for your 10k you run on average two minutes 30 slower per 10k for the whole marathon so he said it makes sense that if that's how it works that the guy who goes in there with the best 10k time theoretically should have the best marathon time uh and uh actually the the outlier is kipchoge who uh can maintain just two minutes off his 10K time, but still has one of the best 10K times in the world. Uh, and Mo Farrow was an outlier at the other end. He was about three minutes off his 10K time. So he's underperformed in the marathon relative to everyone else. But what he went away with was the bottom line, which I thought is interesting analysis, so that he, he then came away with the, the, the most important bit. If you want to run a good marathon, you've got to run the fastest 10K you can. End of story. Because you're going to be at least two minutes, 30, this is elite guys, you, uh, and sub elite guys are going to be more. You're going to be at least two minutes 30 per 10K slower than your best time in the marathon. So it, it makes sense that if you can't run under 40 minutes uh, for 10K, you're not going to get, well, no, say 60 minutes because it's better for maths. If you can't run into 60 minutes for 10K, you're not going to get into 40 minutes for the marathon. It's common sense. So get your 10K yeah, four down. Hours. Four, four to, hours, right? In four hours, yes. To run a good marathon, coming back to what I want to say with this, he's, he's hit the nail on the head. To run a good marathon, you need to run a good 10K. If you want to do a sub 30 minute 10K, you're not going to do it unless you can get well under 15 minutes for 5K. So you've got to get a good 15, 5K to run a good 10K. If you want to get under 15 minutes for 5K, you're going to need a really good 1500 so that the 5K feels easy. If you want to get a good – you know where I'm going with all this. Yeah. If you want to go a good 1500, your 400s are no good. You're going to go nowhere. If you want to do a good f- – you know, four hundred. You've got to do some short sprints and some power work in the gym, which comes back to what I'm always banging my drum on: get out and do leg speed work. You know, two or three times a week. Unless you can run quick, you can't do a fast marathon. So, leg speed work is so important because it connects all the way down down the line, and you need the strength in the in the core in the muscles. Uh, the neuromuscular activity to get a, a good speed work and not to break down. And so it goes all the way along the line. So uh, whatever you're doing, my my advice would be get out and sprint. Do some sprint work every week uh, if you want to run whatever distance you want to run. The final thing, Sebastian Coe, or Lord Coe as he is now, head of the IOC, uh, he, he basically said, speed work kills. Uh, and he said it kills those that don't have it <laughs> he, which put simply means unless you can run fast, you can't do anything in running you 've got to be able to run fast. So I would argue you 've got a genetic advantage by having the fast twitch fibers and you can add stamina onto it. It's the guys like us that haven 't got that uh, but but yeah i I accept i 've got a bit of a genetic advantage with the the red the red muscle fibers that can go longer and slower. Uh, but there's a balance in there but uh, yeah so use your advantage the leg speed and add the stamina I've got to say yes I've got an advantage with the stamina but I'm not going to give up and I'm going to work on my speed as best I can to balance it out
0: Let's go Welcome to the show I'm your host Aaron So A.K.A. d Lake. Tips and tactics you can train like a pro this cast to help you and faster than you could go All the PRs, you could beat your course records that comes in your upcoming season, right? Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life That's that metaphor, baby Eating clean so you can rest, rest and sleep all night Don't master a lot, don't master a little Just stay in the middle Don't master all, don't master for none just be. just be a master of some Is the health and fitness internet too much sometimes? too many conflicting articles and videos that confuse you on how to train and eat right or you don't have time to just read and watch everything about i don't know the new trends on carb cycling for trail running don't worry we'll take care of all that for you sign up for our free email newsletter three thing thursday One, two three we'll put three perfectly curated and created things in your inbox for better living and training go to delatecreatescom ttt We do the hard, time-consuming work and scour the health and fitness internet's deepest and darkest corners. This is so that every Thursday, you have a piping hot new email with the latest and coolest tips, tricks, tools, tactics, and skills. All so that you can train and live consistently to do dope shit in your next endurance event. If you sign up now, you can receive my quick guide on how to get healthy, stay fit, and use data to create habits that last a lifetime. That's DLakeCreates.com slash TTT to be inspired and motivated on the regular. Time. Time is a resource no one can make more of, so we appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen this far. Our goal is to show the world how to live better through running, cycling, and triathlon. The episode and many others have a transcription. Go to the show notes description to find out more. This was produced in Sydney, Australia, and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and future. I recognize their continuing connection to the land waters, and culture. These lands were stolen and sovereignty was never ceded. If you like this episode, again, we'd highly appreciate it if you go on whatever app you listen to and make sure to follow Delay Creates Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Acast, and a bunch of others. And if you're feeling real loose, a rating, review, or share of this episode to anyone you know that would be into something like this would be amazing. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions for the episode, or hell, you want to be on the show, hit us up. The best way is to email... Talk, T-A-L-K, at dlakecreates.com. We're also on the socials, mainly Instagram. You can hit up Mike Trees at the letters N R G, Or you can hit me up on Instagram at dlakecreates.com. Or just wherever you can find us is fine. If you need any transcripts, you're into podcasting, or let's say you just are big into accessibility, please use the company that we use, Speech Docs. You can check them out at speechdocs.com. Don't worry if you didn't get all that. There's a link in the show notes description. Thank you again so much for listening. Peace.